Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Oh, you know, Anthony, I do not tire <laughs> of that music. I want to keep a little play playing. Oh, yeah. Man. Sing it. Sing over Perfect it. Perfect podcast. Come on, I want to hear you singing it. Talk about, I, you, I think you were on I it right there. I did not. There. I was out of you tune. You were on it right there. <laughs> Here, no, you got started again because I got to no, be tune. No, that was great. Oh. Yeah, let's stay with it. All right. Everyone got the real, everyone got the real me there. Pitchy as heck. There you go. Welcome to Typology. The show on which... We explore the mysteries mystery, of the, the human, human personality, personality through, through the lens of, of the, the Enneagram. Ian Cron, how are you doing, man? I'm tired, but I'm good. We haven't been together for about two weeks. You've been jetting from literally one coast to the other. It's true. I was in, well, first I went to San Diego. Yeah. And uh, we went to Bob Goff's birthday party. Oh, tell me about that. It, it well... Frankly, it was uh, a large party with a weird amount of balloons. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. No, it was, I don't know how many people. It was like 150 people. It came from all over the country, all uh-huh. over the world. People came from like Clara Diaz-Ortiz, who's been on the show. Oh, she yeah. came from Argentina. Wow. That is so cool. And those are great typology episodes with Claire, by the way. Oh, one of my favorites. People should check right. that one out. But so about the party. Well, there were there were a bunch of former... Uh, Guest? Guest. Uh, Sean Aniquist was there. Oh, cool. Uh, let me see. Uh, Bob, mm-hmm. obviously. Bob Bob Maria were there. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, just uh, Don Miller mm-hmm. uh, was there. In fact, oh, we stayed cool. in the house with Don and Claire. Yeah. And, you know, a couple. Anyway, so. I it, saw it the great. party on the calendar. I was a little bit jealous. Mm. I knew that's where you were It was headed. fun. <laughs> I mean, I was honored to be asked, right? That's so cool. I flew from there to L.A. And I spoke at Warner Music mm-hmm. with our friend Scott Allender. Another great episode. People should check that one out, too. That's one of the more recent ones. Yeah, but that's really about, you know, like the, how the Enneagram is used in the corporate sphere, yeah. which I love speaking to companies about the Enneagram. And then I came home for a day, and then I went to Florida. I went down to Orlando to speak at a conference for a day and uh, then turned right around. I walked off the stage, out the back door, to the Uber to get to the airport. <laughs> to get here today, right here, right now. Amen. Hallelujah. For this episode. Hallelujah. I have one thing to say about, I did have an invitation one time, and it was for something with Bob and Don, and I believe it was in British Columbia or Seattle, but I think it was like at Bob's place. I couldn't do it, and this was like maybe five or six years you mean ago at or Bob's, eight years ago. You mean in British Columbia? Was, yeah. I th- and I just couldn't make it happen. And it was we like might a have small been on the group. same trip. I wonder if it, because it was supposed to be like maybe 20 people or 16 people or something oh, like that. Oh, you missed it, man. <sighs> That's a great trip. I hate that I didn't do that, man. Mm. Whoops. Because that house is no more, right? Right, it burned down. Mm. He's building another one. Who knows? Maybe you get invited to that one. There you go. Well, uh, so for today, we we typically have a guest on, right? Right. But... One of the things that I have the privilege of experiencing being your friend 
is uh, we talk about the Enneagram quite a bit, life quite a bit. And there's oftentimes where I'm like, oh, this should be on the show. But because we have guests on, we don't always get to get to some of these ideas or thoughts or material. So I just wanted to ask you a few questions and uh, for us to just like kind of get to get to have a chance to have you uh, just talk at length about a few things. All right. What do you think? You, about yes, that? we wanted to just free form, free yes. flow, right? Yeah. Conversation right. around the Enneagram and, and, and life. Uh, because frankly, we have no more people who want to be on the show. <laughs> that That is not true. We have a lot it's of people down, scheduled. No, it's down to you we and me, want, We wanted this to happen. Yeah. I wanted this to happen. Yes. So today we're going to discuss... The Enneagram through the lens of story or narrative. Yes. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Um, and let's talk about it as it relates to every type. Yes. Right? Because right. recently we had Brian uh, Stevenson on the show. What a great episode. Oh, it's amazing. I know I keep saying that, but we've had so many good ones, but that one was so special. Yeah, and a lot of people have actually been in touch with me to tell me how, mm -hmm. how meaningful that was for mm -hmm. them. And I'm excited about it because it's my next, essentially it's my next book, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the work, it's the work I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And it's around this whole idea that yes, traditionally the Enneagram is uh, understood as a personality typing system, mm -hmm. right? It helps reveal to you the ways that you've learned to act, think, feel, the way that you see the world, um, on a on a regular basis, right? Mm -hmm. It's and I would define, by the way, personality. I like this definition of personality. It's how you show up for life. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, without going into all the sort of personality theory and psycho language, you know, right. it's like no, it's just basically how you show up for life. Yeah, that, that's your personality, mm -hmm. right? And and people actually have come to expect that that's the way you're going to show up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They actually predict this is how you will act, think, and feel if they're your friends or family because. Right. They have seen it repeatedly. It's a right. it's a it's a pattern that's established. Right. Right. Okay. So traditionally, that's how the enneagram has been viewed, and I agree. It's a great way to figure out a, a personality style. But mm -hmm. for me, I was struck early on when I started to study the enneagram by how much each of the types and, and their way of being in the world sounds more like a story to me than anything else. This is where the enneagram really began to ring true with me in a whole new way. Really? Yeah. When we think about numbers as stories that we rehearse in our minds it just really clicked with me yeah me too i mean it it really started to come alive for me mm -hmm. in, in a way that was really really rich and it's not to negate the idea that this is a personality typing system i just think it's another angle in right and i also think <clears throat> it's the way that, that for me i can best understand how transformation occurs mm. and let's jump to that later That's but good. i, I yeah. for every single type on the enneagram i think this holds the key to how true enduring change happens in the human person mm. it's rooted in this idea of the enneagram and narrative right which is the whole point right it is the whole point because we just don't want to know what our personality style is i mean right. i mean that's interesting it helps explain a lot of things right especially things in the past right mm -hmm. but really the point of the enneagram is to uh, create the <laughs> environment or the climate in which real change can happen mm -hmm. right real right. change can happen and so for me understanding each type or as a story mm -hmm. that we inhabit love that right so they're archetypal narratives right these are and i'm not saying there's only well actually i am i'm saying there are nine roughly nine archetypal stories mm -hmm. that people inhabit mm -hmm. or i mean if i want to be more generous i'd say well, I don't know how many stories there are, but these nine stories that people live in happen so often we should pay attention to. Right. 
That's good. You know, we just see him so much. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I, as I work on this whole idea of narrative, and I'll tell you where I'm drawing my inspiration from. It's from the whole world of narrative therapy, which a guy named Dan McAdams uh, uh, came up with. And it's really brilliant stuff, mm. right? It's, it's basically like if you can know the story around which you have organized your life, mm-hmm. right, then you can begin to play with it a little bit because you can't change the facts of what happens in your life. Like for me, I grew up with an alcoholic father. I became an addict. I, you know, so I have a history that has facts, so I can't change the facts, right? right? But I can change the way I interpret them mm. because your initial interpretation of what happened to you was through the lens of a child. Right. And because children are narcissists right. developmentally, that's that's appropriate. Absolutely, right. right. It's yeah. all about them. They see the world. So a child thinks to themselves, I am as I am treated. Or uh, a child might say, um, I am uh, what you say I am. Exactly. Even through your actions. Like if you have an alcoholic father, you're not going to say you have a problem. You're going to say I'm the reason you have a problem. Totally. That's what I mean by that sort of narcissistic interpretation of what's happening. It always comes back to you. Right. And rarely do we remember the messages that came through to to us that were positive. Right. They they tend to get lost on us, right? Because we're Velcro for the negative messages. We're Teflon for the positive messages. That's just the negativity bias of human beings rooted in evolution for a whole host of reasons. So. For most of us, the story upon that we've we've based our lives, at its root, the premise of it, isn't true. Right. Right. And so that's. I mean, say that again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well. Okay. It, this is like, amazing. Right. Right. So it's like, all right. So let's say you're a three on the enneagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll borrow a little bit now from Riso and Hudson, just for the sake of you know time. Right. right? And. You grew up believing that the world only values people for what they do and not for who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that becomes the premise of the story, right? That's the theme. That's the premise of the story. That's the through line right. that has gone through everything in your life. Because mm. the message you heard growing up, right, was it's not okay to have your own feelings or your own identity. Right. It, it's only okay for you to fulfill the important people in your life. This is what you picked up as a message to... Uh, Become the person they wanted you to be. Become a superstar as a, a a personality, right? Or as a person in order to meet their needs. Right. Right? Yeah. So imagine it this way. So a kid has a dad who lavishes praise on him or her. Okay. Every time they, they do well in sports and also hear disappointment in their mother's voice when they bring home a B minus. Mm. Right? Well, what's yeah. the, what's the, whether the parents wanted to, impart this message or not what the kid hears is if i want to be loved i must succeed at everything then that becomes the premise or the through line of the child's story Mm. forever right unless in a and and by the way you you shouldn't resent that story because that story actually helped that child survive growing up that's it right. gave them a sense of self, a sense of identity. It gave them, you know, I'm the I'm the achiever, yeah. right? And uh, this is how I get my needs met. It gives them a sense of security. It gives them a sense that, you know, I know what my role is here. But if you carry that all the way into adulthood and you're still playing that story at 25, 35, 45, 55, yeah, right. well, like Carl Jung said, what helped you in the morning of life mm-hmm. is going to constrict and kill you in the afternoon of life. Oh, my word. 
right? That story doesn't work in adulthood. No. So what I love about the Enneagram is, in addition to helping you know how your personality works, it helps you also understand the story that your personality grew in response to. Mm, do, do you see good. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it reveals how, and I'll check this out, how the through line or the premise or the whole kind of arc of the narrative mm. of these stories, these nine stories, is really, I'm going to say something pretty bold right now. Mm. For most people, unless they've done their work, the story in which they live, the story they tell about to themselves and to others about who they are and the way the world works mm-hmm. is not true. Now think about that. So good. That means that people, if they have not done their work, right, are not living in the right story. You said earlier you can't be your true self in a false story. It's true, right? Check that out. I mean, it's worth saying again, right? Yeah. You cannot become or be your true self if you're living in a false story. Right. That is so good. Right? Yeah. And I've never really heard, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back for being original, because actually, I mean, I've struggled with trying to find out what Mm -hmm. I was, I tried for years to find the language. Mm Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I would think to myself, yeah, this is about personality style. Yeah, it's about personality type. But that's not all. I can't, there's something else going on. I can't capture it in language. I just feel it. And then one day I realized, oh, there's stories. That is so good. Yeah. And, and story, <laughs> right. we just know from psychology that that's how human beings survive and develop a coherent sense of self and an identity is by viewing their lives narratively. Mm. Otherwise, your sto- your life makes no sense. It's just an incoherent set of events and experiences that happen one after the other right. with no thread to hold them together. So you got to turn them into a story. Right. Right? Right. But what if the story isn't true? What if the premise of the story isn't true? Okay, this gets me really excited. Uh, this is amazing. I think this is really a transformational idea. Right? Yeah. So let's go through each type and talk about the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so check this out. What's the unconscious message or what's the unconscious motivation of a one? To be perfect. Yeah, they have a need to perfect themselves, others, and the world because the message they got growing up was it's not okay to make mistakes. Is that story true in adulthood? Is it Well, first, was it ever true? No. No. But, I mean, thankfully it gave the kids something to work with right. as little people, right. right? But there are people still living, believing I am. I have a compulsive need to, to perfect myself, others in the world, because it's not okay to make mistakes. <sighs> so the question then becomes, how's that story working for you now in adulthood? Mm. All right, so for twos, right? Yeah. It's this one. Um, I have a need to meet the needs of others because it's not okay to have your own needs. I'm shaking my head in here. I mean, it's like... Right. That's so powerful. All right. So is that true? No. No. It's impossible. So if you're a two and you haven't done your work, you're just wandering around in the world without any of this information. You're living in a false narrative and you will never become your true self. Right. That's intense. It's incredibly intense. So I just mentioned threes. Right. You know, they they um, have an unconscious motivation to... Uh, 
succeed at all costs mm-hmm. or to appear successful and to avoid failure no matter what. Because they grew up in a world that says it's not okay to be a loser. Right. Or to have your, your own identity. You know, you got to become something for somebody else uh, and, and appear successful, let's mm-hmm. say, right? Well, that that's a that's a dangerous message if you're still living it at 25 right. or 35 or 55. It's a sad message. Right. You become a workaholic. You, you become someone who's driven mm. off the charts. Uh, if you're very unhealthy, you may become a, a person who... Uh, you know, is unethical yeah. because you'll do anything to succeed. Right. If you're a two, going back, you, you may become incredibly codependent. Yeah. If you're a one, you would have to be. Yeah, of course you would. Only, yeah. Because here's the other reason you would. Because when people's strategy from childhood tends not to work, but it starts to break apart, they double down. Mm. They double down on it. They don't stop and go, "Hey, what's you know, what's my story? What's the story I'm living in? Maybe right. I should give it up." It's right. like. No, I'm going to, this This used to work, now I'm going to try twice as hard. Right, that's right. You know? All right, how about fours? So I think, for me as a four, the, the message that you hear growing up is, you know, it's not maybe safe to feel too happy or too, mm. even too, I don't know, too functional in the world. I think that's what, like, Riso and Hudson would say. I'm always a little not sure about that one. Mm-hmm. And so... You, what you what you learn is uh, that you have to compulsively go out there and be special and unique in order to compensate for this fatal flaw, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about that. I mean, these are exhausting narratives. Oh. Do you hear how tiring these are? Absolutely. Right? They're exhausting. Right. What I'm describing. Yeah. It's all effort-based. It's yes. all works-based. Yeah. Which the, there's no grace. No grace. <laughs> it's all workspace stuff, right. right? All right. So, yes. so for fives, w- what you know, what they hear is, I, I think what what they hear growing up is it's not okay to be very comfortable in the world. Mm. You know, they it's sort of like they they feel overwhelmed or engulfed by mm. someone else growing up, mm-hmm. and they learn to retreat into the haven of the mind, right? Mm. And I, I think the message they they hear is that their needs are a problem when mm. they're kids, mm. really. And so in order to deal with fear, yeah. right, in order to deal with fear, they begin compulsively gathering data and knowledge and about niche subjects, et cetera, to feel safe in the world, mm. right? Is that story true that you need to, in order to be safe in the world, you need to become this incredibly observant but compulsive knowledge gatherer so that you can fend off the overwhelming world? No. It's not true. No. Uh, is it true that you, there's a scarcity of resources inside you to deal with relationships? No. Nope. Mm-mm. All right, let's talk about sixes. So sixes, right? Mm-hmm. In order to deal with fear, what uh, what they, I think, pick up growing up is this message that it's not okay to trust yourself. Yeah. Right? To, to have confidence in your inner guidance system and that we live in this, chaotic unpredictable unsafe world and you know they attach to this storyline where it's like i got to be safe i got to be secure right right that's a through line in the story but is it really true that no no yeah right i mean i think sevens right they they grow up dealing with fear and i think it's sort of triggered or activated by this belief that no one's going to be there for you when you need the most support, mm-hmm. right? Don't depend on anything or anyone, right? Right. 
And so they create Neverland and they go up, I mean, right? And they create a totally, world in which they, everything is fun. So, you know, sixes deal with their fear with pessimism, sevens deal with optimism. That's mm-hmm. how they deal with their fear. Now, are those messages, fives of sixes and sevens, you know, these ways of dealing with fear, are they rooted in a story that's true? No. No. So, and by the way, I would say this. They're particularly not true when you look at them through the eyes of faith. This is really important, right? Well, should we wait? Because I think I know where you're going. Should we go ahead and get through eight, nines, and ones first? Uh, I'll just say it now. I'll let the cat out of the bag. This yeah. is the. If you don't remember anything else today, remember this. Let's say you self-identify as a Jesus person, right? Mm-hmm. A Christian. Do you understand, if you know the Enneagram, and you know these things about yourself, that, you know, I am what I do, and not for love value for who I am inside— that every single story for every single type on the Enneagram is in direct opposition to the story of God. I love that. Every single story yeah. of your personality type that, or, or the story around which you built yeah. your personality is untrue. I love that. you. I mean, you pointed it out that there's it's all works-based. There's oh. no grace. There's no grace. Yeah, which is the story of God. So look, we'll circle around to that. Cause okay. Help me remind me to go through what, what the truth is. Okay. We'll go eventually go through what's the antidote. What's the antidotal story that you mm. actually have to start to live in? Yes, to, I love this. See, I'm describing right now the stories you got to let go of. Okay. Right? Yeah. Here are the stories you got to let go of, right? So, I mean, for the eight, right, the unconscious motivation is uh, to assert power and strength over the environment and other people. Uh, in order to mask vulnerability and weakness from yourself and everybody else, mm. right? And what they heard growing up was it's not okay to be vulnerable or to trust anyone. Right. Is it true? Not true. No. Nines. What do they hear, right, growing up, right? They hear your your presence your doesn't presence matter. doesn't matter, yeah. and it's not okay to assert yourself. And you create a story or a narrative around those ideas. Oh, man, those beliefs form into a narrative yeah. that you start to live. Now, it may help you in childhood. I'm going to say it again and right, again. So right. don't be angry at the stories. Right. Don't you know whatever. It but is a gift, right? It's a survival gift. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a broken world, yeah. you know, we don't get a coherent self, right? right? And so we have to from start day somewhere, one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. But you know you got to. What does James say, right? If you're gonna, you know, if you're if you ascribe to the truth of the Bible, it says you know, a time comes when you got to let go of childish things. Yeah, these are childish things. That's right. And if you don't so let good. go of them, you'll always be a child in your thinking until you let go of those those narratives and those beliefs. Right. They're, they're arcane. They're relics from the past. Excuse me, that's my stomach. <laughs> I have a little gas, apparently. I'm rumbling. What is that sound in the background? It sounds like someone's like playing racquetball right next to us. Well, who cares? People will, will forgive us for the noise that's, yep. uh, that's around us. So, so do you, that's why I get so excited because yeah. as we work with, with Enneagram types, yeah. I can say to people, sure, you, you have the personality characteristics of a seven or two or eight, but have you started to work with the story mm-hmm. of your type? And particularly this the dimension so of the story, yeah. that's not true. Oh, my right? word. Because wow. it's not true. Are you ready? Yes. Back to Enneagram and stories. 
the stories, really, the true stories, the stories of grace. Oh, this is so good. Right? The, story, the true stories in which your true self can emerge because, as I said earlier, you know, if you're living in a, in a false story, y- you have no choice but to be a false self. Right. Right? So for ones, they have to discard the story that's based on the message, it's not okay to make mistakes, and start to live into a story that you are good. Mm. You're good. Oh. You don't have to be perfect. You're good. That's so good. You know that there's a great quote, by the way. I I, I think it was uh, Hemingway mm-hmm. who once said, "And now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good." Ooh, isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful. Right. So I for a that. two, you no longer need to have your story built around this notion that it's not okay to 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 have your own needs. Mm-hmm. Now you can live into the new story, which I think all twos want to hear, which is you're mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah, you're wanted n- not for what you do for others, but just for being you. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Right? That's that. These are. Do you see how these are more like gospel messages? Yes. Than they are these other. So look at it this way. We're living in broken stories, mm. and what I'm saying is, when you start to be, when you get some awareness around it, mm-hmm. and you start to live around these new stories. Yeah. Right. So the third one would be for for threes. You get rid of the old story, which is I'm I am what I do. Mm. That's how I find love in the world. Right. Then you start to hear the message. You start to build a new story around you are loved for who you are. Mm. So for a four, you no longer live in this message that's like, you know, you'll never belong. You have this fatal flaw. You right. have to compensate for it by being special and unique. The message you start to live by is you are seen for who you are. Mm. Woo! And so if you're a five... And, you, you know, now we're dealing with anxiety, people right. with anxiety issues, fear right. management issues, right? Yeah. You, you no longer get this message that, you know, um, it's not okay to feel uh, too comfortable in the world. Mm. And you start living into this idea that your needs are not a problem. And by the way, the world is, is abundant. Not, mm, it's not, not it's scarce. Not, Ooh. not scarce. I love that. And you no longer to hold on to all these inner resources. You can live with generosity. This is so liberating. Right? Woo. For a six, you know, you hear the message growing up, it's not okay to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Look to somebody else for mm. your safety and security. Right? And you start to listen to the message, you are safe. Mm. That's a gospel message, man. You are safe. Mm. I love that. Ultimately. Yeah. Right? That's right. If you're a seven and you've built your whole personality around this idea that it's not okay to depend on anyone or or for anything. Right. Right? Then you start to live with this new message of you will be taken care of. You don't have to live in the future mm. making great plans and, and trying to stay out of the present moment because it's too scary. Right? Suffering might arise or right. feelings you don't want to have may arise mm-hmm. and there'll be no one there to support you when they do mm-hmm. you start to realize no no that's not true i will be taken mm-hmm. care of oh i love that and for eights so for eights and you hear a message growing up it's it's not okay to be vulnerable or to trust anyone and you build a whole story around that through line mm-hmm. and a personality mm-hmm. right to live in it you start to hear the message hey you know what you're you're not going to be ultimately betrayed right Ultimately betrayed. I mean, sure, people in life will betray you, right? Yeah. But but it's not fatal. Right. It won't. It's not. It won't be fatal. Right. And you you then begin to learn too that you can live with with a certain element of innocence mm. that that you that you lost. And so as a nine, you hear a message growing up. It's not okay to assert yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you start to build a new story around this idea that your presence matters. Mm. 
So those are the true stories. Oh, I love Those that. are the new messages yeah. that create the new story. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean you lose your personality. Mm-hmm. It means that it becomes um, decoupled mm-hmm. from the broken story wow. that created it. Mm. And then you start to live a new story. So here's my premise. Here's the whole show. You ready? Okay. If you want to experience enduring transformation, you have to discover your false story, decouple yourself from it, and begin to live the truth of your new story. Mm. And then you don't have to keep moving deck furniture around. Because I hear people all the time at the Enneagram, it's like, oh, I'm just trying to be healthy in my number. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get that. It's a good thing. Yeah. But it's really not going to change much because you're not addressing the story. Right, yeah. You're not addressing the root system. You're like pulling the heads off of dandelions. Yeah, right. You're not getting down into what, well, what's the source Mm -hmm. of these these beliefs? Wow. I mean, I think this is so powerful. I just want to pause and have everyone sit in this for a second, but I know we need to wrap the show. So Ian, what are a question or two that we can ask ourselves to discover whether or not we're living in a false story. Yeah. So here's the question. I'm gonna give you one. Okay. Okay. This is this is the question that upended my life. Okay. When and it really sort of has haunted me every day and has be, I've begun to work with mm. and it's sort of mind boggling if you stop to think about this question. What if the story I tell myself and others about who I am and who I'm becoming isn't true. Say that again, please. What if the story I tell others and myself about who I am and the person I'm becoming isn't true? Wow. I'm just telling you, you will begin to realize, oh my gosh, it isn't. It's based in a story I came up with in childhood to make sense of what I was experiencing. But in adulthood, I've got to get free of it. Mm-hmm. I need a new story. I quoted Mo Willems in that last show. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in the wrong story, leave. <laughs> oh, my word. And that's the new mantra, right? If you find yourself living in the wrong story, wow. leave. Wow. That's what I well, got that's today. What, that's, that's the way to go out right there. Right? Yes. Perfect way to end the show. No. Okay. We're not going out on that. Not yet. We have to go out with our sign-off. All right. You ready? Yes. So, in the words of... The great Oscar Wilde, be yourself. No, let's try this. Always be yourself, unless you could be a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Then always be a unicorn. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That is the new sign-off. Yes. Always be yourself, unless you could be a unicorn. In that case... Always be Be a a unicorn. unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, folks, let me hit you with this uh, because I haven't mentioned it in a while. And because of the way we do roll out some things, it is helpful to be able to use our social media. So we'd love for you to join the conversation on social media by following Ian on Instagram at Ian Morgan Cron. That is at Ian Morgan Cron. I-A-N-M-O-R-G-A-N-C-R-O-N. And then also we would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Typology Podcast. That's T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y Podcast. And also don't forget to leave hashtags for Typology Podcast and The Road Back to You. 
And then lastly, we would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review for the Typology Podcast. So we really appreciate your listenership. We love this Typology family, and we hope you have a fantastic week. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.